Thanks for listening to the Crosspoint Podcast. This is the Young Adults Ministry of the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Here we desire to see this generation of young adults reached and revived with the gospel of Christ. We believe our generation has the opportunity to change the world as we know it. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Franklin Road Baptist Church. Our prayer is that our podcast will help you grow in your relationship with God. Enjoy the Crosspoint Podcast. We start a brand new series uh, entitled Christian Growth 101. Christian Growth 101. And um, really just taking some of the key elements of Christian growth. We're going to do four of them, so it'll be just a short four-week series. But once a year, I try to do something like this for the sole purpose of just teaching the how of the Christian life. We hear a lot of, well, this is what you're supposed to do. We hear a lot of, this is why you're supposed to do it. We hear a lot of that you should do it, but many times we don't always hear how to do it. And so this is purely practical. Not going to be a lot of illustrations, um, which is sometimes the only time that you guys listen, so I apologize, but um, not going to be a lot of really even cross-references in scripture and and, and study. It is just going to be a practical how-to of the Christian life, of Christian growth. Because here's what I've found, is that you can tell someone to fly a plane. You can pay them a lot of money to fly a plane. You can even tell them all of the good that will come out of them flying a plane. But at the end of the day, if they don't know how to fly the plane, they won't do it. And the same is true with your Christian life, that we can tell you that you're supposed to live the Christian life. I can teach you the blessings of living the Christian life. I can even promise you the blessings that come as a result of growing in the Christian life. But at the end of the day, if you don't know how to do it, you just won't. And so today we're simply starting with how to study the Bible. So Bible Study 101. This is the introduction to the Christian life, baseline. Now here's where I know most of us are at. Some of you say, well, I already do study my Bible. I already do read my Bible. Okay, great. Then maybe you'll pick up on something that you can do even better. Some of you say, well, I've maybe heard this. I don't know how to put it into place. We're going to help you with that too. Some of you say, well, I'm just kind of stuck. I'm in a rut. Okay, then maybe listen for something that you can change to get out of that rut. There are so many different things that when, when, when we talk about studying the Bible, when we talk about reading Scripture, this is a book that is, it cannot be exhausted. Okay, let's put it that way. You are never going to get to the bottom of Scripture. And to some of us, that's almost frustrating, Okay. You can, at some point, unless you quit, can get to the bottom of math, okay? You can get to the bottom of a lot of subjects in your life. No one's coming out with new grammar rules. Actually, they probably are, but they shouldn't be, okay? You can get to the bottom of a lot of subjects. And to some of us, that, that makes Christianity frustrating. So let me change your heart a little bit on that. If you had a God that you could comprehend, and I say this all the time, if you had a God that you could comprehend, he would not be able to do the incomprehensible. And so if you want to dial God back to what fits in your brain and what fits in your mind and into what fits into your comprehension, you're really shortchanging an omnipotent, all-powerful, all-knowing, mighty God. So let's don't do that. Let's respect the fact that we can't get to the bottom of that. And so with that in mind, we're going to start with the basics. Bible Study 101. Take your Bibles and look at Joshua 
chapter number 1, a uh, familiar verse, but I want to use it specifically when we talk about this idea of Bible study and really introducing it to you. So Joshua chapter number 1, verse number 8, the Bible says this, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. There's so much in that verse that we'll come back and we'll revisit at a different time and during a different lesson and break it apart. But what he's basically saying is that your success is directly linked to the Word of God. I don't know that it's success as defined as the world standards. He's not talking about your bank account, although I do think that's applicable. He's not talking about the degrees behind your name, although, although I do think that's applicable. He is talking about your spiritual success. He says that if you meditate on it day and night, that's not how most of us think about Scripture, isn't it? We think about it on Sunday morning or Wednesday night when they say, open the Bible. Let's open our copy of the Word of God. That's when we think about it. But he says, think about it day and night. Take your Bibles and turn to Psalm chapter number 1 now. Psalm chapter number 1. Once again, a familiar passage, but I want you to see how it links to this topic. Okay, look specifically at verses 2 and 3. Let's look at verse number 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Once again, that thought of constantly thinking about it, constantly meditating on it. In verse number three, what's the result of that? And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Before we pray, I want to give you the, really the introduction, and the introduction is this is that your success, your prosperity, and once again, we're not talking necessarily about financial prosperity, but your prosperity, in this verse, your stability, which I think we would all say that we craved in this world, your stability. He says that you'll be like a tree planted by the river of water. All of those things are directly linked to your relationship with the Word of God. You desire success, you desire to be someone that is successful, then guess what? Be in God's Word. You desire to be someone who is stable, who is stable-minded, be in God's Word. You desire to be someone who can be counted on, who is fruitful, then be in God's Word. And here's what I want you to see today is that most of what we desire out of this life is directly linked to God's word being in our lives. And what I would dare say is that for most of us, it's just something that we check off of a list. It's just something that we say, okay, yep, I did it. Rather than seeing it as something to where I am going to be someone, I am going to be someone that God is glorified through as a result of how close I am with God's word. So if this is true, if this statement is true, that our prosperity, that our success, that our stability is directly linked to God's word, then we better learn how to study it and how to read it. And so with that in mind, let's pray. We'll look through a couple of principles and then we'll be done. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity you've given us to look into your word. God, I ask that you would help us to take it 
and apply it to our lives. Lord, I pray that you would help us to take these principles and that we would begin to live them out. Lord, I know that this might seem like a step-by-step process, but the truth is, is that if we want a step-by-step process for our physical health, if we want a step-by-step process for our job description and and our job, then why in the world would we not want to take seriously step-by-step instruction to study your word? So God, I pray that you would help us to understand the significance of what we're about to talk about and that we would begin to take seriously our study of your word and ultimately our study of you by studying what you say about yourself. In your name we pray, amen. The first thing that I want you to think about as we talk about how to study your Bible is that I want you to think about changing your perspective. Change your perspective. We've often heard Bible study and Bible reading presented as almost a discipline. And I believe that it is a discipline to be developed. But at some point, a discipline turns into a habit, and a habit turns into something that you desire. Okay? If you discipline yourself to go to the gym, then that, that will be work at the beginning. Okay? But eventually it will become a habit. And that habit eventually turns into a desire, okay? I don't know if you've ever been around someone who has actually become desirous of working out. Some of you that have been around me probably know that I'm like that. I'm just joking. You guys know that I'm not like that. But if you've ever been around someone who's like that, it's almost like it's an addiction. Like, oh, man, I'm, I'm in a hotel that doesn't have a, a, a workout facility. I can't go and lift something heavy and scream and yell and get big. And, and so it, it's like it becomes like a craving, like an itch. Like, oh, man, I, I've got to get, once again, I don't know that that's anybody in here. Definitely not me. But if you've been around someone like that, it's kind of like, whoa, dude, settle down. And for most of us, we have something in our life that is like that. I would hate to say it, but this generation, in some ways, we almost have an addiction like that with social media. Okay? What do you mean I'm not going to have Wi-Fi access? What do you mean I'm not going to have cell service? Are you serious? We're going, what is this? The first century? I can only take pictures with my phone? I can't post them? That's kind of, we kind of have that craving. We kind of have that addiction, and it becomes a desire. Now watch this. When was the last time you were around someone who was like that with God's word? When was the last time that you in your personal life felt the need, the desire that I have to get into God's word? And here's what I would say is that as you develop the discipline into a habit and the habit into a desire, that eventually the desire will develop into a relationship. That you will spend time drawing closer to God and drawing closer through his word because it is a relationship that you want to develop. James chapter number 4 verse 8 says, Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. This is not you doing all the work. This is you taking a step toward God and he takes a step towards you. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 tells us that we have a high priest that can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. So here's what you're doing. When you are getting into God's word, you are actually getting close to God. You are beginning to know about the God that you say that you believe in. You are really beginning to develop a love for him. And here's what I want you to notice, is that if you say that you love God, yet you cannot get into his word, there's a problem. 
You wouldn't say that you loved a girl or loved a guy and not read their love letters to you. So why would you say that you love a God that you will not study and that you will not learn about? On our retreats, Brother Polly was our last session, and he said this, We want revival, but we often neglect the Bible that promises to bring revival. And he made the statement that revival will not result in neglecting the Bible, but will result in getting into it more. And as your discipline turns to desire and turns to a relationship, you should want to change your perspective of that this is not just something to check off of a to-do list. This is something that builds your relationship with God. But then notice secondly, so how do we do that? We say, all right, our perspective has changed. We want, to, we want to develop this relationship. We want to develop this love. Let's do some practical thoughts here. First of all, schedule a time and a place. Schedule a time and a place. You say, schedule, that sounds kind of official. If you schedule a date with your girlfriend, if you schedule an interview with your employer, if you schedule uh, a meeting or an appointment with someone that you want to get to know or someone that you want to ask a question, why would you not schedule time with God, the creator of the universe, the one who sent his son to save you? You see, we often take seriously the things that are on our calendar. If you've, got, if you've ever had a job interview, you don't wake up that morning, oh, 15 minutes before my job interview, I'm going to throw on a t-shirt, pair of shorts, and maybe some flip-flops and go, go see the person who's wanting to pay me lots of money. No, you take it seriously. Chances are you probably iron your shirt the morning before. If, guys, if it's something that's early, if it's an early interview, you, you get ready, you get prepared. Like, well, I want to go over some questions. I want to make sure that my resume doesn't, I'm not, it's not wadded up, like I didn't just fold it up and put it in my pocket. You take seriously what's on your calendar. You take seriously what you designate time for. So schedule a time and a place. I know that a lot of times we talk about this having to be in the morning. I don't know that that's necessarily true. People's schedules are different. But if you don't have a consistent time, get one. The reason that I, I often encourage also designating a space for it or a place for it is because you can begin to develop the habit of meeting with God at a time and a place. And if you do not have that, that is the first step for beginning to develop a habit of Bible study. If you're just going to try to, well, I'll catch it on the run here. Maybe I'll show up for class 15 minutes early and read my Bible here. or Maybe I'll do this at this time. That is a hard way to build a habit. You don't build a habit any, in any other area of your life like that. You don't say, well, I really want to get fit. I really want to be, in, I really want to be stronger. I want to get skinnier. So I'll just probably like work out along the way. Like, oh, Walmart, 10 push-ups. Okay? That's not how you develop any other habit in your life. So why try to develop the habit of Bible study like that? So first of all, schedule a time and a place after you've changed your perspective. Thirdly, begin with prayer. Begin with prayer. Sometimes we are in such a rush to hear what God has to say to us and to make it fit into our schedule that we fail to ask him to speak to us. And when you get in a quiet place with God, one of the best things you can do for your personal time with God, for your personal Bible study, is say, God, teach me something. So what are some things that you can pray? First of all, pray for your forgiveness of sin and a clean heart. Purify your heart. Don't come to the Word of God with a dirty heart. 
don't come to the Word of God with known sin in your life. It doesn't have to be some long, drawn-out fare. It's simply, Lord, forgive me where I've failed you. Lord, forgive me for maybe this thought or for maybe this attitude or for maybe this, this thought that I had or this perspective or, or for how I acted at this moment or how maybe I've been uh, harnessing bitterness or, or unforgiveness towards someone. Lord, forgive me of that. I want you to speak to me through your word. John 14, 26 says that the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, who obviously lives within us as Christians, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. So if the Holy Spirit is quenched in our life, he cannot teach us. So let's make sure that we are coming to the word of God with a clean heart. Ask for understanding. So ask for forgiveness. Ask for understanding. Say, Lord, I'm about to read something. I don't understand all of it, but I ask that you would help me. I ask that you would teach me something. Thirdly, ask for application. Lord, help me to take what you teach me and apply it to my life. How many of you have ever read through something in your Bible and it's like you learned something that you maybe didn't want to learn? Anybody? Okay, I've been there. Like you read something and it's like, ooh, ah, that one kind of hurt. And so you're like, uh, I'm just going to act like I didn't learn it. <laughs> right? Like, oh, wow, I don't want to do that. I don't want to maybe go out of my way to ask that person for forgiveness. So you're like a little kid that doesn't want to see what they, the mess that they made. Like, I don't see it. I don't see it. Ask for application. So when the Lord does take the time to show you and teach you and to maybe help you understand something, apply it. And then let the Lord help you take the next step. So begin with prayer. Number four, read with a plan. Read with a plan. When we see spiritual growth from someone else, we're often tempted to copy their watering schedule. Let me explain that statement, okay? Oh, that person looks like a really good Christian, so I'm going to go up and I'm going to ask them and I'm going to learn and copy everything that they did. What Bible do you read out of? Okay, that's the one I'm going to buy on Amazon when I get home. What color pen do you use? Okay, that's the color I'm going to use when I do this. What do you, what, how do you read this? Oh, okay, that's really good. What concordance do you use? Oh, okay, then I'm going to buy that. And we want to copy everything. And here's what the Bible promises us. Is that when you take the time to read and meditate and study on it, you grow. So don't worry about what someone else is doing. Do what works for you. But I can promise you this, that if your Bible reading consists of, all right, Ezekiel 38. Boy, I'm going to get something good out of this. Okay, what's next? Woo, Leviticus. All right. So I'm going to try to take end times prophecy of Ezekiel 38 and apply it to Levitical law and put those together. And I will probably be greatly helped because of it. Read with a plan. Come up with something that you want to study. Maybe it's read through the Bible in one year. We offer the one-year Bible reading schedules. But let me tell you this. I don't think there's a crown in heaven for reading through the Bible in one year. Okay? So if you're just reading to check it off of a list to say, well, oh, read through my Bible in a year, and you didn't grow from it, stop. Read the way that you grow. Read the way that helps you. So read through the Bible in a year. Do a topical study of maybe a topic through the Bible. Do a book study. This has become my personal favorite way to read the Bible. Because we often read through something so quickly, so fast, that we don't actually get to comprehend it. Read through a book. 
Go and, go and find some background information. Find out who it was written to, why it was written, when it was written, what was going on in the world when God was saying these things to the author. So do a book study. Do an outside devotional or a partner study. But let me warn you of kind of this method, okay? Don't let someone, don't become codependent on someone else's spiritual growth, okay? Well, I'm going to go through a study with someone else. Well, what if that someone else moves to Timbuktu? Well, I can't grow on my Bible because they're not here. Find a way to find a plan. I would encourage you to find a Bible you can write in. I would encourage you to find a Bible that you can highlight, that you journal or that you notebook or uh, that you have some things that you write down. But then number five, ask questions and apply. Ask questions and apply. One of the reasons why I don't necessarily recommend you reading through something as a huge plan is because sometimes that puts a time crunch on you to where it doesn't let you apply it. Just yesterday when we were at, um, at the cabin on our retreat, I woke up and uh, no one else was awake. I thought I was supposed to be up earlier, so I just kind of took the time to throw water bottles away, all 39 of them that you guys left around the cabin. Goodness gracious. We did not go green on this retreat, I can tell you that. But um, I threw some water bottles away, and then I went and sat on the back porch. And um, I was sitting there, and I thought, man, I've got about 30, 45 minutes here that I can read something. You know what I did? The night before, Brother Polly had spoken out of Isaiah chapter number 40. And I spent the whole time that I was out there in Isaiah 40. And now if you go to my Bible, Isaiah 40 is marked up like crazy. The last time I read Isaiah 40, it was because I was trying to read the book of Isaiah in like 10 days. And so I was like, oh, Isaiah 40. But I got way more out of spending 30 minutes in Isaiah 40 than I ever did just checking it off of a list. Because I was able to say, okay, what's God trying to say right here? What's he trying to, what's the context? How's he teaching these people? What's he, what's he want me to learn from it? So ask questions and apply. Number six, keep chewing. Keep chewing. You say, what does that mean? That sounds like a food reference. It is, okay? The word meditate in scripture you've often heard is the word that we almost use called ruminate, okay? Ruminate is, if you kind of know farm life, or you've probably heard the illustration, is what a cow does when they bring, they chew the cud. They bring it back up, okay? So they basically barf, and they keep chewing on it. How many of you have ever thrown up in your mouth, okay? Mainly when you have Taco Bell, okay? That's what this is, okay? Like, oh, oh, wow, that was a beefy five-layer burrito, okay? You can remember what it was, right? Like, mm, that had a little bit of the whatever that I had at lunch. It's really confusing when it's like all three meals combined, isn't it? Like, well, was that breakfast? Or I'm making some of you gag. Like, everybody's like, oh. <laughs> okay? But that's what meditation is. <laughs> all of you are like, this is a horrible biblical illustration. <laughs> but that's exactly what it is. Like, oh, that's what I read today. That's what I remember God was trying to teach me today. But guess what? Most of us don't do that naturally. If you read your Bible in the morning, be honest. Think about this. Do you think about it at any point throughout that day? Or is it just, well, I'll think about it tomorrow morning when I read again. Meditation is finding a way 
to keep chewing on it throughout the day. So I don't care if it's note cards. I don't care if it's a background on your phone. I don't care if it's posting on social media. I don't care what it is, but find a method to say, I'm going to think about this throughout my day. There are so many ways that you can do this. And here's what is so sad, is that we will do this with things that we desire to learn about. We'll make note cards about, uh, for far lesser things than God's Word because we want to learn them. We'll make study guides for topics that we want to learn about or classes that we want to pass, but we won't take the study of God's Word that seriously. And then lastly is this. Find a time to recalibrate. Find a time to recalibrate. How many of you, you had a we growing up? You had a we growing up? Okay. Two of you, great. How many of you had a Wii growing up? Raise your hand, all right? How many of you remember the little handheld controller that at some point it would, it would stop working? So like you would swing, like if you were playing golf, you would swing and it would like hit the ball sideways. Or like you, you kept missing. Or if you were playing bowling, like you kept bowling a gutter ball or it would even stop working. And what did the screen flash? Recalibrate controller, okay? Or it would buzz. And what did you have to do? It would, it would pop up on the screen, say, place the controller on a flat surface and press whatever button. Okay, I can't, I'm not that good enough. But place it on a flat surface and wait for it to recalibrate. And it was, so you'd put it down, you would press the button, and it would give you a zzz. And that meant that it had basically kind of settled its surroundings. Okay? If you ever stepped off of a boat, you have sea legs, right? Like you take a step off of a boat and it's like, whoa, okay. Or maybe if, you, if you've ever been skating or rollerblading and you only go like one time a year, what's the, well, how do you walk the rest of your day? It's like, okay, I don't, I don't really know how I'm supposed to walk. Do I have wheels on or do I? It takes you a second to kind of get your legs back, doesn't it? You're recalibrating. And if you're not careful, your Bible reading will be, Okay, uh, okay, Lord, please help me. Thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you've taught me out of your word. And I got to go to this. I got to get to class. I got to get to work. I got to go. And you never take the time to say, let me stop for just a second. Catch the setting around me and recalibrate. Let me get my spiritual legs back under me. And it may be that you've been in a busy season for the last couple of weeks. You may need to take some time and take a Saturday and say, I'm just going to take three hours. I'm going to take two hours and I'm going to go and I'm going to sit in a coffee shop or I'm going to go sit outside and I'm going to spend time with God. Zero distractions, nothing going on. I am going to place myself on a flat surface and press the spiritual button and say, Lord, recalibrate me to you. And here's what I have found in my life is that the moments of recalibration, of resetting, of retuning make the moments of busyness and the times that maybe I can't give it the time that I want so much sweeter. To where I know that I've got this reset coming or I know that I've recalibrated and I've spent some extra time studying. I've spent some extra time in God's word. The world's getting crazy. My life's getting crazy. But guess what? I can look to this really sweet moment. And sadly, here's what I want us to see. Is that most of the time when we face problems, when we face trials, when we face hard times, we spend time just filling our life with emptiness. 
Well, I'm worried about what's going on at home. I'm worried about what's going on at school, so I'm going to go hang out with someone. I'm worried about, I'm stressed, I'm tired, I just want to be lazy, I just want to rest, and so I'm going to go home and watch two seasons of something on Netflix. When why as Christians we don't say, man, I'm stressed, I'm tired, I'm worn out, I need to just spend some time with God. Man, I'm worried about what's going on with whatever. I'm worried about this, or I'm worried about my job, or or I'm tired. So I'm just going to go and spend some time with just God. Most of us, if we're honest, we don't think that way. So instead of filling our life with what will make us successful and stable and prosperous and fruitful, we fill our lives with things that really do nothing. And so here's my prayer and and application to this lesson. You want to see God do something in your life? You want to glorify Him? It starts right here. How seriously are you taking God's Word? Thanks for listening. If this lesson is helpful to you, feel free to share it with someone else or let us know by emailing us at crosspoint at franklinroad.org. You can also check us out at frbc underscore crosspoint on Instagram and Twitter. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.